It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. A sad day here at Golf Channel as uh, we get together to remember Arnold Palmer, founder of Golf Channel, who passed away Sunday night at the age of 87. This is uh, the Monday Scramble podcast. I'm Will Gray, joined by Trip Eisenhower and Ryan Laver. We'll be joined by Rex Hoggard in a bit. But guys, I just want to start things out. We're sitting here in the digital studio. We, we have our desks, Ryan, you and I, outside the Arnold Palmer Research Unit. We lunch at Arnie's. We are currently across from Studio AP. You can't go anywhere at Golf Channel without seeing Arnold Palmer's name and imprint and impact. And uh, it's it's a very difficult day and a tough loss for us as a company. Yeah, I, I, there's no question. And he's so been so important to Golf Channel, but he he's been so important to golf. I mean, golf lost a letter. Yep. Um, you know, it will be replaced, of course. I mean, but Arnold Palmer was. Uh, so many different things to the game of golf. He, he, he said he would have been a pilot had he not played golf. Well, he piloted the game at the exact right time, and he was the exact right person for that job. A modern golf today, the way we watch it on TV and everything else, was because of Arnold Palmer and his charisma. It transcended from the golf course through that camera lens, which was very difficult to do in the 60s. You've got to remember, in today's multidimensional state of TV, HD, and all that, it would be a much easier sell for Arnold Palmer, but he did it at the exact right time. He uh, re rekindled the Open. Uh, you know, the Open was losing its, its luster, and Arnold goes over and does the right thing there. He always did the right thing, and that was amazing to me. Uh, you know, I've got personal anecdotal stories of, of getting to meet him and play golf with him and know him over the years, so I'm, I'm very, um, you know, at a, at a deep loss as a, so many. But the thing about Arnold Palmer that was so unique, and I, it, it, think about this, any superstar, he made you feel important. Mm -hmm. And that's, that, that's uh, unbelievable to have that ability, and he did it with everyone. Yeah, I mean, that's just his his personality. He was the rare, larger-than-life figure who actually cared about your life, which was just so rare. And, and Tripp, you, you made the point that he was so many things to golf. I'd, I'd make the point and, and make it larger that he was so many things to so many different people in so many different walks of life. I mean, he was a swashbuckling champion in golf, seven-time major champion. He was an uh, incredible showman just his personality and kind of gathering up Arnie's army and trying to get everyone uh, behind his cause. He was an incredibly successful businessman, making, what, 70 times more off the course than he did on the course. He's an incredible philanthropist. Right here in Orlando, we have two hospitals. 
bearing his name. So it's just his, his impact was he was more than just a golfer. And I think that's what you're seeing now. You're not just seeing golf fans uh, kind of remembering his life. You're seeing everybody in, in multiple walks of life because he touched that many people. Yeah, we've had so many remembrances. You know, Golf Channel, uh, through the night we went, went live and everyone's calling in. And the one, one thing that stuck out to me was Lee Trevino talking about that Arnold Palmer was the guy in the forest with the machete. And he carved the path out one whack at a time. That it's so difficult now to, to sit in the modern golf age with a 24-hour golf channel and to, to think back to how it was in the 50s and 60s and where golf was on the sports landscape and on the, the television media landscape. And Arnold Palmer was the reason that we got from point A to point B. Trip, when you look back, as you said, I know you've got several anecdotes, but do you remember the first time that you met Arnold Palmer? Yeah, um, my grandfather was a member of Bay Hill since about 1972 till he passed away at, uh, about 10 years ago. Uh, you, you look at, um, I was, I, I'll never forget the first time I saw uh, and met Arnold Palmer. I was about nine years old in that, right in that area. And we would, my granddad and I would go play and um, Bay Hill has 27 holes. You, you're famous for the, the 18 that you see, but there's a Charger nine over on the other side. And that's the one we would play a lot. So we, we played the front nine and Arnold Palmer was on the back of the range with his Cadillac. Trunk open, clubs everywhere, balls everywhere. When we teed off on the first hole, we played nine holes. Arnold Palmer's still there. Went over and played nine holes on the Charger nine. Arnold Palmer's still there. Went in, had lunch. Went out and played nine more holes on the Charger nine. Arnold Palmer's still on that range. That's the first time in my life I'd seen a golf superstar away from a tournament. And I went, holy moly, this guy works this hard all the time? My granddad said, yep. He wouldn't believe it. The guy works his tail off. And... That was like the first time I went, whoa, this guy's extremely talented, and yet he works like that. And he also just loves the game. Exactly. And, but he was back there, that finish, and hitting balls and tinkering with clubs. And, and I don't know if he left any time during those. those probably uh, not. Probably, probably not. not. You know, and it, it, was, you know, it was just a beautiful Florida day. It was a, a January, February type day. So it was, it was just awesome to see. And that was my first impression of, of what a golf superstar, the amount of work that they put into the game. It was such a mainstay. Anytime you would go over to Bay Hill, you would see that cart with two bags <laughs> on the back, both with Arnold Palmer. You got the iconic umbrella. And more often than not, he's back on the right side of the range, just, just hitting balls, trying to find something. And, and always, after all those years, still tinkering with the swing and, and trying to rekindle a fragment of, of the, the greatness that he had back in his prime. The first day that I ever covered golf was his tournament on Thursday, Bay Hill 2010. The very first day I ever covered golf, I was a little cub reporter for Golf Week magazine. I was so nervous. I was 22 years old. I said, oh, my God, how the hell am I going to start covering this sport? The very first person I saw was Arnold Palmer, <laughs> who was sitting behind the first green in his cart. He didn't say anything to me, but we locked eyes. He gave me a wide smile, and he gave me a thumbs up, like he's done millions of times in his life. And all of a sudden, I felt calm. I felt at ease. I said, all right, if Arnold Palmer can kind of treat me as a, as a friend, as a peer, as just a normal guy, then, then what's there to be scared about interviewing exactly. Tiger or Phil it or anybody else? made you feel comfortable. There is no one else in today's game who, if you're a sports fan, you'd walk up to, it would give you the same feelings as Arnold Palmer. Maybe, maybe Phil. Maybe, maybe Phil. Maybe Phil, yeah, to some acknowledges degree. You, he gives you a thumbs up, yep. he makes you feel good. But if Jordan Spieth, no disrespect to these guys, if Jordan Spieth, Ricky Fowler, 
yeah. Jason Day, if they gave you a thumbs up, you're like, sweet. Yeah. Those guys, Arnold Palmer would actually make you feel good just by acknowledging you. Yeah. Yep. That's that's the difference. Yeah. It was it was the interactions. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, a couple other anecdotes that yeah. that um, uh, before I have to run, but I I I remember this when I turned professional. Um, I sat down in his office, and he took the time to give me some advice, talk to me about what to do as a professional. And I look back on that advice. It was, it was so sage in so many different ways. It was extremely simple. But, you know, to take the time, and he told me, he said, you know, a few years ago, Payne Stewart sat in that chair. Now, I obviously didn't have the record Payne Stewart had, but that's the type of guy Palmer was. He wanted to help those getting into the game that he had connections with. What was the advice, and, Trip? Um, well, share, there, there share was a, the, I, the, the only thing I will share, there, there was a couple of things I won't share because he asked me not to. Um, one of the one thing that I that I can share that is so wise is he said, Trip, I'm not going to tell you how to swing, grip the club, stance. I don't want you to work. I, I don't care what you do. He said, but I want you to have a shot. And I don't care if it's a 30-yard slice, a 50-yard duck hook, a high shot, a low shot, a dribbler that you can hit with a gun to your head. That under the most intense pressure, you, your hands are shaking, your body's shaking, and you can hit that shot. He said, perfect that shot. Of course, I didn't <laughs> do that all the time, but, uh, you know, I, Still it, good I, I look at it, it was great advice. And, and the other uh, kind of uh, lighthearted Arnold Palmer memory I have was we were playing on a Sunday before the Bay Hill Tournament. And I, I typically would play every now and then would play nine holes with him on a Sunday if I was in the tournament. And uh, we were going around, we, we, we played the back nine, and uh, I was a little longer than average hitter. I wasn't the, the longest hitter by any means. So I was, you know, I'm sure he looked at it as me as an average tour player as far as distance. We get to the 16th hole, which was a par five, mm -hmm. and Arnold actually hit a pretty good drive down there, and I, I hit it, you know, 20 yards by him, and I, I hit this iron in there pretty close to the, to the hole, and he rides up in his cart and he grabs that club. He goes, what the heck? What the, that's a five iron? He said, you hit a five iron into this hole? You? And I said, yeah, I did. He goes, it's going to be a par four next year. And you know what? It was a par, <laughs> par four, four next, year. <laughs> next year. There you go. So I take full credit for making that a par four. You, yeah. you broke the 16th hole. Oh, well, that's, I mean, that just, that just shows the, the scope and, and just the, the breadth of, of what he has meant to Everyone here, everyone in, within these halls and within the game of golf has a story like that. And like the one that you shared, Lab, where you have just a, a, that moment, however brief it was, a personal interaction with the man, and he made you feel important for as long as you were with him. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the mark. And I also love, Trip. I love that story because we look at Arnold Palmer now, and he was this you know, fatherly figure who shook a lot of hands and signed a lot of autographs. This guy was tough as nails, mm -hmm. and he had a lot of fire. He wanted to beat all those guys back in the day. He wasn't just happy rolling over and playing second fiddle to these guys. He was incredibly competitive, and I think that's that's really the story that we take away from that, too. Tripp, thank you much for joining us. I know you've got to run. We're, we're a multimedia organization yeah, here. Yeah, got to run into so, another uh, studio. We'll see you behind the red light pretty soon, but thank you again for, for sharing your time and your, and your memories. Lav, we're down to two here. We'll be joined by Rex shortly, but, uh, you know, one thing I wanted to mention is that just the there are so many memories for, for you and I from a, a younger generation that we didn't see him playing in his prime, but one thing that always stuck out for me is that interview that he gave after the U.S. Open at Oakmont in 94, and he's mm. sitting there with the towel around his neck, and he's, he's on the course where he let it get away at, in 1962 against Jack, and he, and he says 
the greatest thing is that it has been as good as it has been to me. And just, just the gratitude and, and the sense of the moment for, for that man, knowing that he walked off the, the green for the last time, to sit there and reflect so magnanimously on a career and a life well lived. Yeah, I mean, I was seven years old at the time, and I, I recall seeing that live and, yeah. and being really taken, taken aback by that. But yeah, I mean, he is always just so so perfect for the moment. And you know, you, when you watch these these clips now of, of everyone calling into Golf Channel and going over their their favorite moments, a couple of the ones recently that stick out to me are are Tiger and Arnie when when Tiger puts his arm around him and they share they share a laugh. What was that two thousand? 12, I believe it was, 12, 12 13. or 13. Yeah. Um, it's just everyone just loved being around him. He always had the right thing to say. You always turned to him for, for some kind of comfort and to, and to feel better. And you know, going back to that press conference, there was a standing ovation. Never after, do it. You never do that in the that. press room. But they you're you're supposed to be completely yep. neutral. You're supposed to just be this, this cold, you know, kind of hard ass. You don't pay attention to anything. You get caught up in the emotion. Everyone stood on their, on their feet, cheered him, cried. I mean, it was, it was a moment that I'm sure the people in that press tent remember forever. So we've been sharing our, our thoughts and memories of the late, great Arnold Palmer. If you want to share your memories, you can do so at iam.arniesarmy.org. Feel free to log on and, and share some remembrances as the, the outpouring of love and emotion continues. And we are now joined by GolfChannel.com senior writer Rex Hoggard who was up at East Lake covering the Tour Championship when, when news of Mr. Palmer's passing uh, went out. So, Rex, thanks for joining us, and uh, feel free to share your thoughts on, on the last 12 or 15 hours and all that has transpired. Yeah, you know, it's funny. They, they, we were told about the website last night to share your memories of Arnie, and even before that came out, it seemed like it just sort of happened organically with the players and the people around the game. And last night at East Lake, it, it sort of transpired in a surreal way. It was right in the middle of Rory McIlroy's press conference, and a couple of reporters started seeing things. And, and you could tell it was a very awkward situation, so we waited until after the press conference to talk to Rory about it. And, and as soon as he was told, he, he was visibly shaking. shaking. His, his eyes watered up. He, he was very emotional. He had to collect his thoughts. And he, he spoke for quite a while about what Arnie has meant to the game and what he meant to him specifically. We all have our own personal stories with Arnie. That's the greatest thing about it is everyone who has been talking over the last 12 hours or so all has had some sort of encounter with him. And Rory had a great one that, you know, that his fiance wanted to meet Arnie and they share a birthday. Rory's fiance and Arnold Palmer. And so he introduced her last year at Bay Hill and he kind of said, Mr. Palmer, you and my fiance share a birthday. And Arnie lit up and he said, well, we should have a party together. And, you know, I mean, it just tickled Rory to death. And Everybody has a story like that. I was lucky enough last year, about a year ago today, as a matter of fact, to go to Latrobe and to spend some time in his office and his workshop. And it's just an amazing place to be able to sit down and, and talk with him and actually see this unbelievable career, this, all of these unbelievable things he's done. But you see him on the walls. You see the letters. You see the trophies. You, you, you see everything that he's done in his entire career. It, it was very special. Rex, you've been covering the game for for a long time. Obviously, here in Orlando, you've had some, I'd say, probably multiple run-ins with with Arnold Palmer. What are some of your favorite memories? Well, specifically that trip last year to Latrobe was was very special. I was actually walking around the office. I mean, as you would do 
anywhere in a situation like that. You, you want to soak it all in. So I was really taking my time and studying everything that was on his wall. Like I said, it's a museum, really is what it is. And there was kind of this nondescript letter in a frame on a wall. And it, it was a letter and a $10 bill and a clipping from a newspaper. And I was reading it, and it was signed kind of cryptically, and it was dated 1965. And I couldn't quite figure out what, what it basically was is someone had made a bet with Arnold Palmer that he would win a particular tournament. Arnold had not won that tournament. And so the, this person was paying up the bet, and Doc Giffen, who is Arnold's longtime confidant, spokesperson, friend, I mean, he, he played a lot of roles in Mr. Palmer's life. He came up and smiled and told me this story, and it was the PGA in 1965. And, of course, that's the one major that always got away from Mr. Palmer. And the letter was from Dwight D. Eisenhower, the former president, who, of course, was very good friends with Arnold. And he had bet Arnold that he was going to win the PGA. He was finally going to get his PGA at Laurel Valley, which is very close. It was basically a home game for Mr. Palmer. And a lot of things went wrong for Mr. Palmer that week. There was a controversy about a tree that got put in after the practice rounds and a, a ball that bounced off a bridge and ended up in the water. And it just wasn't his week. He ended up tying for 33rd. And the letter is so poignant. And, and you, when you read it, you realize how he touches everyone. He touches golf riders like myself and you and Will, uh, you, Ryan, and Will. He, he touches people in the gallery. Of course, his army is legendary. And he touches presidents in the exact same way. I think that's a very good metaphor for why he was so special to everyone, because he didn't distinguish between a former president and a lowly golf rider. Indeed, several lowly golf lowly, riders. Lowly, lowly golf, golf riders. That's, 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 uh, that's a very apt description, right? That's pretty good. Uh, I will say, it, is, it was always a joy whenever any, the three of us were covering Bay Hill, whenever you had that Wednesday press conference and they make the announcement, Mr. Oh, Palmer, Mr. Palmer is now in the media center and everyone stops what they're doing and you go in and, and you would just have a state of the game with Arnold Palmer and it, it does not get any better than that and that's certainly one thing that I'll miss. Rex, as you mentioned, you know, those, those uh, moments and, and the relationship that he shared with President Dwight Eisenhower, it shows just the span and the breadth of, of his scope that he went from Eisenhower all the way through Barack Obama in terms of presidents that he knew and played golf with and, uh, and everything like that. It's, it's just the man was one who crossed generations, and that whether young or old, you had a, a moment with him. And, Rex, what do you think that, the, that today's young players can learn from Arnie, and do you hope that they'll kind of honor him the right way and kind of continue on with, with his legacy? I think it's been generational, right? Of course, Phil Mickelson has not been shy about the fact that he really modeled his career after Mr. Palmer. I mean, he wanted to do everything that Arnold did, and that goes directly with connecting with fans, and you see that on a similar level with Phil. But you, I saw it last night in, in Rory McIlroy. I mean, it meant so much for Arnold to have dinner with Rory at Bay Hill last year and just to sit down, and, and Rory just marveled at, look, he's a very – busy man that week i mean he has a lot of demands on his time and for him to want to have dinner with me and take the time and and to really just sit down he he never really preached to players is what i've kind of discovered over the years he wouldn't sit down and scold them and say you need to do things this way and that way he would kind of do it in metaphors he would tell players this is what i did at augusta in a certain year and this is how i handled it and it was kind of his way of sort of passing it forward and you do see it and the younger players. I mean, I think Rory's a great example. Ricky is another example. He's very close with Mr. Palmer. And I, you're really going to see it. And it was in the media center. I, I covered Payne Stewart's uh, funeral 
and the, the funeral was, was unbelievably touching and just the outpouring and the support that he got from all the players. And the one thing that everyone kept touching on last night is how the same thing is going to happen over the next few days with, with Mr. Palmer and golf. And you'll see the top players really stop and take a moment and appreciate everything that he's meant to the game. Indeed, we're, you know, it's going to be tough to shift the landscape over to the Ryder Cup, but uh, that's, that's how the calendar goes, and it will be interesting to see just how that outpouring affects the, the American side and, and the Euros as well, certainly. But, you, you know, you think back, and Arnold Palmer, the last playing captain, Lav, at the, the Ryder Cup, did so in 1963, and, and his imprint will certainly be very heavily felt on the proceedings at Hazeltine. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see what, what they'll do. And, and Rex, we're, we're going to be up there. You're, you're heading up there on Monday. I'm heading up there on Tuesday. Uh, I'm curious to see what they're going to do to honor Arnie. Are they going to all wear umbrella pins? Are they going to wear cardigan sweaters? I'm sure there's going to be a moment of silence on Friday. I anticipate some of the player interviews are going to be heavily about Arnie, at least early in the week, and then you can kind of shift focus to the pairings and all those uh, kind of unimportant things, at least at, at this time. Uh, Rex, do you have any thoughts on, on how not only the players will kind of remember him this week, but, but maybe what can be done moving forward to, to really ensure that his legacy is still felt? Well, I, I think the biggest thing is supporting his tournament, to be quite frank. And, uh, you know, they, they changed the name of the tournament a few years ago, and, and look, they did that, so it continued his legacy that we none of us live forever so we knew at some point mr mr palmer was going to pass and i think they made it to arnold palmer invitational to make it clear and i think you saw that when byron nelson passed away and you didn't get really the player support going forward now it is rekindled and certainly you saw it has seen have seen it in recent years with jordan Spieth supporting that tournament but if you really want to honor what Mr. Palmer stood for, all the great things he did. I mean, we all live in Orlando. We all know. I mean, two of my three children were born in Arnold Palmer Hospital. So we all know the things that he's done just in Orlando, let alone the game. But, yeah, if, if players want to truly honor Mr. Palmer, I mean, go beyond wearing pins or ribbons or whatever the case may be next week at the Ryder Cup and beyond. But make sure that his tournament, his legacy continues. GolfChannel.com senior writer Rex Hoggard, thank you again for joining us in between uh, the Tour Championship and the Ryder Cup. Safe travels up to Minnesota, and uh, thanks again for hopping on, Rex. Thanks, guys. This is a tough day, Lev. This is uh, it's something that, you know, as, as Rex was saying, that we're all living in Orlando. We see and touch and feel, you know, what Arnold Palmer has stood for and, and the impact he's made not only on golf but on the community, but... So it was not exactly unexpected, but whenever you get news like this, it is still difficult to process and to think that that a very much a living legend in every sense of the word is now gone. Yeah, it still definitely just takes your breath away, doesn't it? I mean, you you see the news and you're like, oh, oh my God, Arnold Palmer died, and you know, walking into the to the office today, you can see the the flowers and the the roses and the cards and the remembrances are are on the big golf logo outside. Yeah. The front office, he has a parking space that's the best parking space of the entire office. That's it. Right in front of the front door, reserved for Arnold Palmer. There's flowers there, too. Uh, you, you just can't escape it. And, and here in the office, it's, it's a little bit of, it's, it's, it's hectic. We've been on the air for a long time. People are tired. People are, it's, it's already a, a, a busy time of year. But, but it's how he would have wanted it. It's it how is. We, you don't, we you don't, got the news. He doesn't want we, you to stop and grieve. And right. this, is, this is the perfect example 
of a time where you, you don't necessarily grieve a loss, but you more celebrate a life. Yeah. That's exactly what Arnold Palmer would want. It's, it's a life that was incredibly well lived, and I think that's what people are, are remembering now with, with all this outpouring. And it's a loss that as a company, again, just for us, it brought us together. Everyone, whenever you heard that news at you know, 8, 9, 10, 11 o'clock, whatever it was, Sunday night, everyone manned their battle station. And whether you're in front of the camera, behind the camera, working the website, uh, you work in the edit room, everyone came in at the crazy hours, working through the night, and did their role. And, and we feel it's an honor for us just to be able to, to pay respect to a, a legend. I, this is his company. I mean, it it's, is. this is... This, is, this would not be possible. The PGA Tour would not be in the spot it would be. The Champions Tour would not be in the spot it would be. You and I, we could be, who knows, in the gutter somewhere well, listen, if, everyone, if it wasn't for Golf Channel. Everyone talks about how, how people on tour and in golf owe careers to Tiger Woods because of the purse inflation. But you've got you to scale it back and that we owe it to Arnold Palmer. That None of us would be sitting where we are uh, without Arnold Palmer. Yeah, I mean, Arnold Palmer was the most important figure in golf. I think... I think Tiger took it to another level and kind of popularized the sport to, to what we see now. But back in the 50s and 60s, I mean, Arnold Palmer was the guy who brought an elite sport to the masses. I think that's what his, his greatest legacy was. Uh, before we go, I would just share one more thing and, and feel free to chime in with, with a closing thought of your own after this. But the thing that, that sticks with me the most uh, are his eyes and that gaze and that twinkle that he always had that that even after he in that grin in the grin but but after the the club started to collect dust and after he stopped being competitive and and he took on more of an honorary role as we saw at Augusta National and things like that and even this past spring when he wasn't doing well at the Masters that that glint in his eye never wavered and it gave you a window into the man that that had forged the path for so many players fans media alike that 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 is the thing that will stick with me the most and and that's what i will remember about Arnold Palmer. yeah i mean there's a great picture that's circulating on twitter he had to have been somewhere between five and, and eight years old he just has this mischievous yep. grin that twinkle in his eye it was it was apparent from from day one from day one to age 87 i mean he was he was that charismatic guy and and just kind of a closing thought here i sincerely hope that the players of today go out of their way to remember him in kind of a thought that they can keep in their mind. And it's terrible when something like this happens, that it, 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 it takes a tragedy or a death to kind of remind you how you should act and how you should be appreciative of things. But I sincerely hope that they go about thinking to themselves, how can I be like Arnold Palmer today? Yep. What can I do? What would Arnold Palmer say? I, I think that's a, a, a proper mindset that they should have going forward because it wouldn't be possible it just would simply not be possible if it wasn't for him. Wise words out of you, young Lavner. Uh, as I said, this is, this is a tough day for golf. It's a tough day for the golf channel. Uh, but we are doing our best to, to pay respects to Arnold Palmer, who has who's passed away at age 87 and just meant so much to you and I individually, to us as a company, to the golf world entirely. So for, for Ryan Lavner, I'm Will Gray, closing out a, a somber and bittersweet Monday Scramble podcast. Keep it locked to golfchannel.com for the latest news and, and updates regarding the passing of Arnold Palmer, who at age 87 has passed away and will always be remembered in our hearts.
It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.